Blessed be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. We pray together. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us sing together our song of praise. with you. Let us pray. O Lord, we pray that your grace may always precede and follow after us, that we may continually be given to good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading of Holy Scripture. Please join me in reading Psalm 24. We will read responsively from the bulletin. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the compass of the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers of the deep. Who shall ascend the, the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, and who has not set his mind upon vanity, nor sworn to deceive his neighbor. He shall receive blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is a generation of those who seek him, even of those who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up your everlasting doors and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? It is the Lord, strong and mighty, even the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Our first lesson comes from Genesis chapter 12, beginning at the first verse. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and those who dishonor you I will curse, and through you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee, and he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and they put them at his feet, and he healed them. So that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. Father, we believe that you inspired the writing of Genesis chapter 12. We, begin, we believe these words not only had power in the day they were written, but these words have power this day because they're inspired by your Holy Spirit. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, open this word for us now that we would be changed more and more to be like Christ, 
for the sake of the world. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to be seated. Do you struggle with the call of God on your life? Of course you do. It's part of what it means to be a human. It's part of what it means to be a Christian, to struggle with the mighty call that God places on your lives. I don't know if your struggle with the call of God in your life looks like this, but mine often looks like this urban legend, this famous urban legend of a call comes in over the radio onto a ship bridge, and the call on the radio says, divert your vessel 15 degrees south to avoid collision. The captain on the bridge responds back and says, this is a U.S. naval vessel. You will redirect your course 15 degrees north to avoid collision, to which the voice on the radio responds and says, no, really, you need to direct your course, to which the captain says, I am the captain of a U.S. aircraft carrier. You will divert your course or I will take countermeasures to protect my crew. And the response on the other side is, I am a Canadian lighthouse keeper, your call. (laughs) See, the Canadians win on that joke, but the point being, So often, this is what my response to God's call looks like. I I struggle with it. I I push back. I try to negotiate. I try to domesticate it. Sometimes I simply put it in a box and put it under a shelf and forget about it for a while. Do you struggle with God's call on your life? See, in Genesis 12, verse 1, if you'll turn there with me, we see Abram hear the call from God. Verse one says, the Lord, now the Lord said to Abram, go. And then in verse four, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. And I I, I know, you know, when you're in a Bible study, you're supposed to just like nod your head and say, oh yeah, of course, of course. But the truth underneath in each of us is if we're honestly grappling with, with this text, we're saying, how did he do that? I mean, how did Abram hear this call to leave his country and his kindred and his father's house, drag his family with him because God called him to? Well, the gospel is this. The good news of God that we see in this Abram story about calling is this. That Abram hears this singular call of God and surrenders to it only because of the promise of a son. See, Abram hears this singular call from God, this call that is on every single human being, and he surrenders, he lets go. He says, yes, he obeys, but only because there's a promise of a son. Let me show what I mean. First, Abram hears God's singular call. In verse 2, we're told the root of what Abram's call will now be. His call is to be a blessing. Verse 2, I will bless you that you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, those who dishonor you. I will curse And through you, all the families of the earth 
will be blessed. Your call, Abram, is to not just receive blessing, but to give it. To be blessed in order to bless. And this is God's singular call for every human being. It's amazing when you look at Genesis chapters 3 through 11, it's this downward spiral of sin and selfishness. Like humanity just goes from bad to worse. There's a few little interludes with Noah and others, but for the most part, it's just a downward progression of absolute sinful, self-oriented living. And then in chapter 12, God says, no, let me show the earth really how to live. I'm going to pick one man and his family, and as they live my way in this world, the world will be changed. I'm going to show them really how to be human. The truth of how to live out our calling as human beings, something that is written deep within us in our creation, is that we are blessed in order to bless others. Put it this way. If the way you see your life, and and don't worry, this is going to be the natural sinful way you will see your life at times. If you see your life having this purpose, that my life is about being blessed. If that's the way you see your life, my life is about being blessed, you'll be empty. You, You may convince yourself for a while you're not empty, but in truth, you'll find out in the long run you're empty. If your whole life is about being blessed, you'll end up empty, God says. But if your whole life is about blessing others, you'll be full. It's the backward nature of the whole gospel. We hear it again and again in scripture. Everywhere we go through scripture, we hear the same singular call. That whatever has been given, freely given, freely give. The first shall be last. The son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Again and again, we're told that the singular call of God on a human life is to give away the blessing that we've received from him. And it's going to be lived out in very different ways. This last week, we had a particularly important, I think, especially in the context of what's going on in our world right now, a particularly important feast day, a commemoration day within our Anglican calendar. We had an Anglican martyr, a contemporary Anglican Episcopal martyr named John Myrick Daniels. He was a young man, a seminarian, back in uh, the early 1960s. And on August the 20th, 1965, John Myrick Daniels, still a seminarian who'd taken a leave of absence from seminary so that he can join in arguing and, and, and protesting for voter rights in Selma. He was gunned down as he stood in the way of a shotgun blast aimed at a 17-year-old African-American teenager named Ruby Sales. And that moment when the world saw a white, privileged, educated seminarian gunned down while protecting an unarmed black teenager it galvanized the civil rights movement for so many white Christians in America. But you know why he was in Selma? Because as he read scripture, he heard again and again that the call was not to hold on to his privilege, not to hold on to what he'd received, but to give it away for the sake of the world. 
As he wrote in his journal one night after hearing the Reverend, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. calling for all Christians of conscience to gather in Selma, to gather peacefully, to stand up for voting rights for all Americans. He wrote this in his journal. He just finished evening prayer where he'd been praying the Magnificat, Mary's song from Luke chapter one. These were his words. Again, that backwards nature of the kingdom. Mary writes, he hath put down the mighty from their seat and hath exalted the humble and the meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things. And then he wrote, I knew that I must go to Selma. See, everyone's response to this singular call of God will look different. We're all not going to end up as martyrs like Jonathan Myrick Daniels, but there will be a touch of martyrdom, cost, in every unique way that we respond to God's call. Today, I'm not going to be talking specifically about how we discern that specific call in our lives. I was aware of that as I was preparing this because that's often the big question is, well, how do I figure out what my unique call is? Well, we've actually just put onto the website on our podcasts a course from a few years ago called Listening to the Voice of Jesus, which walks through a step-by-step approach to discerning a sense of call. So if that's helpful to you, we encourage you through the week to apply that podcast. It's from a few years ago. I'll sound like a much younger man. Um, But the point is the singular call of God. This idea of giving away what we have, of being blessed to be a blessing. It's not for super Christians. It's not like, oh, well, those are those extra special Mother Teresa kind of Christians, right? No, this is the singular call for every Christian. Every single one of us is called, like Abram, to bless. To bless others with what we've been blessed with. As Jesus says in Mark 8, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? This is what it means to be human. This is the call of God, the singular call of God that Abram hears. And praise be to Jesus, he surrenders to it. Verse four, so Abram went. And we gotta make sure we recognize just how crazy a surrender this was. Just how costly and how huge a surrender this was. We can miss it at first. See, in Hebrews chapter 11, we get a little window into what was going on here. Scripture interprets scripture. Hebrews 11, verse 8. What was going on in Abram's head? Well, the writer of Hebrews says, By faith, Abram obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive his inheritance. And it sounds great. So by faith, he trusted. But then, verse 8 goes on to say this, And he went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't know where he was going. Our text in Genesis 12 says the same thing. The Lord said, Abram, go from your country, your kindred, your father's house to the land that I will show you. He doesn't show him it ahead of time. I'll show you when we get there. As one commentator says, the life of Abraham looks like this. God comes into his life and says, leave your country and go. And Abram says, go where? And God says, I'll tell you later. Just trust me. And then God says, and I'm going to give you a son. And Abram says, how? And God says, I'll tell you later. Just keep walking forward. 
God says to Abram, now sacrifice your son, your only son. And Abraham says, why? And God says, I'll tell you later. Just walk up the mountain. This is what it means to walk with God. To go without knowing. To go forward, not with everything planned out and arranged ahead of time, but to a great deal, not knowing where it's all heading. And of course, this flies in the face of everything that our modern culture holds to, right? We want certainty. We want convenience. We want comfort. I like how Ross Douthat of New York Times says, we've gone from a culture of daring exploration and innovation to a culture marked by sterility, sclerosis, stagnation, and repetition. Abram went without knowing. I mean, in my life, I, I want to be like Frodo. I want to be able to say, I will take the ring to Mordor, though I do not know the way. But so often instead, I end up saying, I will take the ring to Mordor as long as you give me a GPS, a per diem, and make sure that I've got trip cancellation insurance. But here's the encouragement that Abram's surrender didn't happen overnight. See, it's easy if you read this text and think, oh, you know, Abram just like heard the voice of God. Like he's literally walking around in Ur of the Chaldeans, hears this voice out of nowhere and goes, oh, okay. At which point, you know, if we're honestly thinking this through, we're saying, is there not some sort of Abrahamic shrink he could go visit and just say, by the way, let's just check about the voices in my head. I mean, is that how it happened? Was it just that instantaneous? No, the text actually gives us a hint that this didn't happen overnight. That God was persistent and relentless in his calling. And over time, Abram surrendered to it. See, verse one, the modern translations of our Bibles often get the tense wrong. It's actually in the past tense. Verse one says, and God had said, go. Had said when? Well, it turns out if we read all of scripture, he'd been saying it for a long time. You got to remember when you look at Genesis chapter 11, quickly itinerary wise, you've got Terah's family, Abram's the son, and we're told in verse 31 that Terah took Abram and his son Lot and his grandson and took them out of Ur of the Chaldeans, but then stopped in Haran. And then we're told now that Abram's called out of Haran into Canaan. But when you read Stephen, the first Christian martyr, his description of what was going on in Abram's head at this moment, again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Stephen said this. He said, the God of glory appeared to our father Abram when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, go out from your land, from your kindred, and go into the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. And after this, his father died. And then God removed him there into this land. In other words, God was speaking to Abraham in Mesopotamia. He was speaking to him in Haran. 
And he spoke to him again and called him into Canaan. God is persistent in his calling. He's relentless in his calling. Which is an encouragement when it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes people have come to my office and said to me, you know, I worry that maybe I missed the call of God. Like I I heard it years ago and I I, I didn't respond. You know, and, and maybe it just, like that opportunity's gone. It's over. There's, 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 I guess I've just ruined my life. And I always want to pastorally be sensitive in that moment and not say, really? You think that your poor behavior can upset the sovereign plans of God? God is, res- is, is resilient and resolute and relentless in his pursuit of us, in his call I love how Isaiah 55 speaks of you know, the authority of God's words spoken over us. You know, using the imagery of rain and seed sowing, God says, as the rain comes from heaven and the snow comes from heaven and provides water for the earth, providing seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so goes forth my word. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish the purpose for which I send it. It may take 75 years like it took Abram, 75 years. And he surrendered. But finally, not only do we see in this that Abram hears God's singular call and he surrenders to it, but we can rightly ask how. I mean, still, how did he find that courage, that faith, that trust? And the only answer is that it's because of the promise of the son. See, Abram and Sarai were old and barren, right? There was no possibility for a great nation. Verse verse two, I will make you a great nation. That takes children. And as we'll see with Abram and Sarah as they go through the next few chapters, they're not going to be completely faithful in trying to live into the mystery of this promise. They're going to try and do it their own way. But Abram is able to surrender to God because he comes to the realization that if God is going to do this in his life, if God's call is going to live through him, if he's actually going to bless the world by becoming a great nation. And that it is absolutely impossible that he and Sarai are able to provide that child. But God promises a son, then all of a sudden, Abram is left with the only thing possible to trust the promise of the son, the miraculous provision of the son. There he puts his eyes, there he fixes his gaze. I mean, it's even in his name, right? His name's Abram, which means father or daddy. But he's going to be called in time Abraham, which means the father of many or big daddy. But to become big daddy, God will have to give the son. Do you hear this? Daddy and mommy are barren. And therefore, the success or failure of this call isn't in their hands. Hear that again. 
daddy and mommy are old and barren and therefore the success or failure of this call is not in their hands. It's only in God's hands. I mean, we see that the principal actor in Abram's life again and again isn't Abram. I mean, that's always the problem. You got to be careful with, with Old Testament stories is people love to sort of turn, you know, in these stories into these mighty heroes of the faith. Like, I want to be more like Abram. I want to be more like David. Really? My wife prefers that I not be like David. I, she also prefers I don't be like Abram and try to pass her off as my sister twice. I don't want to be like Abram. Because the hero of these stories is not the man or woman in them. The hero of these stories is the gracious God of heaven who comes to ordinary broken people and makes a miracle happen, promises a son out of nothing. God is the principal actor here. Verse one, I will show you. He says, verse two, I will make you. I will bless you. Verse three, I will bless. Verse seven, I will give. Abram's success doesn't depend on Abram. Hear this. Abram's success doesn't depend on Abram. It depends on God giving the promised son. And do you hear the gospel in that? Because it's exactly the same for you and me. Our success living into the call of God is not dependent on us, but only on God providing the son. It's not Isaac ultimately. This story, like every other story, is not pointing there. It's pointing to the fulfillment in Jesus, the son of God, who is given to us, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his son for us. He lived up to that promise, even knowing that that promise meant the betrayal and the flogging and the crucifixion and the death of that son. We start understanding Genesis 22 when God says, sacrifice your son. Abram, it's not about you. I'm telling you something about me. The promised son has come. He has borne our failures to live into this call he has risen in victory over death to declare our safety and security. He has taken the throne to assure us that there is a king on the throne. And he has sent his spirit into us, his spirit. I love those words of Ezekiel 36. How are we going to live this call? Not by our power. God says through Ezekiel the prophet, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And just to be clear, this isn't passivity. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. I got nothing to do. No, this 
is about dependency. This is about where faith grows. And ultimately, this is about freedom. The freedom for you and I, broken, limited as we are, to say yes, to surrender to God's mighty call that is so much bigger than anything we could ever do on our own. To live a big life before God under this calling and to fail big time and then to have him pick us up and set us back on the journey because it's never been about us in the first place. This is God accomplishing his purposes in the world. As Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. As a, as a pastor, I often have people come to me to talk about their struggles. Sometimes it's about their family, their work. I sat with someone not long ago who was struggling in their marriage. And, you know, years ago when I first was starting out, I always thought that my job as a counselor was trying to, like, make them feel better. So I would, I would try to listen to what they said, and then I'd sort of pull little nuggets out and say, well, but, but look, this, look at this one thing you did. That was really good. Like, be encouraged. See, it's, it's not all bad. And we'd, I'd say, look at this little nugget. It's not so bad. And I, I felt like I was kind of like a little cheerleading squad trying to say, like, you can do this. And then along the way, I finally realized, this is not my job. My job is not to be some cheerleader and a caller. My job is to speak the gospel. And so what I told this man about his marriage and what I would say to another about their parenting or another about their sense of vocational fulfillment, whatever it may be, I'd say, do you realize that God is so much more committed to your marriage than you are? So look to him. Stop trusting in your own power. Stop asking, am I less of a failure this week than last week? That's not the question to ask. For when we, as 2 Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. Do you struggle with the call of God on your life? Of course you do. And so do I. Hear the gospel in these four verses. That Abram hears God's singular call to be a blessing to the world. And he surrenders to it over time. The relentless call of God. But ultimately he does it because he puts his faith in the promise of the Son. That, friends, is how we surrender to the singular call of God. It is far beyond you. It is far beyond me. This world desperately needs to see a church that is obeying and responding in faith to this call of God. Stop trying to make it happen. Stop retreating from it because of your failures. And like Abram, look only to the Son. 
And Abram went as the Lord had told him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to rise as we profess together what we believe about God. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please kneel as you are able. Let us pray for the church and for the world, saying, Hear our prayer. For the peace of the whole world, and for the well-being and unity of the people of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For Foley, our Archbishop, Todd, our Bishop, Paul, our Rector and Dean, and for all the clergy and people of our diocese and congregation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who proclaim the gospel at home and abroad, remembering especially our missionary partners in Rwanda, Archbishop Laurent, his clergy, congregation, and preschools. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For our brothers and sisters in Christ who are persecuted for their faith, Lord, in your mercy. For our nation, for those in authority, and for all in public service, Lord, in your mercy hear our prayer. For all those who are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all those who have departed this life in the certain hope of the resurrection, in thanksgiving, let us pray. Lord, in your mercy, Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. 
by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in his great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn unto you, unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I invite you to rise. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's share that peace with one another, directly in your own families, indirectly with those around you. I invite you to be seated for a few quick announcements. Again, good morning and welcome to Christ Church. We're glad that you're joining us for worship. Next week at the 11 o'clock service, we will be live streaming this service. Uh, through this season, we've at times pre-recorded a uh, morning prayer service, which we broadcast when the church was shut down completely. And then once we reopened, we began recording this service and posting it on Mondays. And beginning next week, we will begin live streaming at 11. Again, the reason I share that with you is to, number one, uh, remember to put on, you know, your, your Sunday best and, you know, you're going to be on video. Um, but no, in seriousness, the, you, you, you all know friends in your broader family and community who still do not feel safe to return to church, and we encourage you to share uh, this information with them. An opportunity not just to gather for a service sometime in the week, but actually gather with you at the same time on a Sunday morning. Um, and as well, to remind all of you that our encouragement is still that people do as they're able, return to worship. There's nothing like being together on a Sunday morning. And we've been told by many, many health professionals that have worshiped with us in this season that what we are offering in our safety protocols is truly best in class within the North Dallas area. So praise be to Jesus. So we encourage you to encourage your friends to keep returning slowly but surely, but also for those who cannot, we will have a live streamed service every week at 11. You can look in our bulletin to find other announcements about things like Church on Wednesday online and the rest, but every week our custom is to celebrate birthdays and wedding anniversaries. So if you have a birthday today or the week coming, would you stand where you are? Birthday today or the week coming? We will pray together our prayer for birthdays as found in the bulletin. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall. And in their hearts, may your peace, which passes understanding, abide all the days of their lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Happy birthday. And if you're celebrating a wedding anniversary today or this week coming, would you as a couple stand where you are in the pews? No weddings this week. As we come to the Lord's Supper, 
We come continue with our safety protocols as laid out on the inside front cover of our bulletin. Just a reminder that as you come forward to receive the bread, leave your hands flat for us to place the bread in your hands. And when receiving the cup, receive it from the bottom as the server will hand it to you with gloved hands from the top. Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, forever and ever. All that is in heaven and earth is thine. All things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. Amen. I invite you to remain seated as we prepare for the Lord's Supper. be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is right, our duty and our joy, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. continue in prayer. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death, you and your mercy sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our salvation. By the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all, that by his suffering and death we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory, that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, and we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Sanctify us also that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and be made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom where we shall see our Lord face to face. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, 
and the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed once for all upon the cross. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Come, beloved, all is ready.
pray together our post-communion prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go out singing together, Rejoice, ye pure in heart. into the world, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.
uh, what you want.